Well, good morning. It's good to see everybody. It's always good to come here. I love Kenny and Sybil. They're like family to me, and we go so far back, I, I can hardly remember anymore. <laughs> but uh, this is really like family to us. We love you. Many of you pray for us, support us, and you know we're able to do what we do because of what people in this country do for us. And, uh, you know, in all the faults that I see in this country, uh, it's still a great country. And uh, without this country, we couldn't do what we do. And I really think that's why God has blessed America in spite of how stupid we are sometimes. Uh, because, because of this country, many nations have been evangelized. And uh, because of the giving of this nation, I believe God keeps propping us up because we're still reaching other nations. So, you know, we're reaching several nations in a sense of different kinds of tribes. So, so thankful for that. It's, it's always such a blessing to see Kenny and Sybil and uh, just a blessing to me, brother. You know, he's one of the guys that lives it. And, of course, if you're a member here and, and you're allowing him to speak into your life, you know what I'm saying is true. Kenny lives it. Amen? And that's really what drew me to Kenny is uh, because, you know, I've traveled all over the United States and spoken in, I don't know, maybe 600 churches uh, and met a lot of pastors and, and good people, but very few did I meet lived it like Kenny lived it. They knew it. They even had degrees to prove how well they knew it. And they've been to seminaries and studied it, knew Greek and Hebrew. <laughs> but I didn't meet a lot that really lived it. So uh, that's what I want to talk to you about today. So I'm just, I'm really, you know, most of what I, I do, I do in Africa, preach and teach in Africa and uh, learned a lot of their language. So I don't have a lot of messages uh, in English for the United States. <laughs> so... Uh, because most of what I do is in my side. But uh, I, I believe that there needs to be, and I want you to hear because I'm talking to you from my heart, okay? Uh, I, and I've been thinking about these things since Kenny and I went to Washington, and I mentioned them to you there. So I, because uh, of what I do, I get to spend a lot of time meditating on one truth, and I may go over the same truth for two years, and my poor wife gets to hear about it for two years, so... So she's not even here because she's heard this maybe 50 times. <laughs> but I think there needs to be a shift in the churches of our country. Something needs to change. I don't know if you feel that or not. That there needs to be a change in the churches of the United States. And so I just begin to really seek the Lord. What is that change that needs to happen? So I'm going to tell you what it is, and you may not like it, but, uh, you know, we are different from where I work in Africa, because I work with marginalized tribes that live very remote in the bush, below ground level poverty, poverty like you've never seen before, Kenny can tell you that, where they live in mud huts and hardly eat and I mean, their clothes have holes and dirty because they don't have water. They can't take baths. Their clothes are literally falling off of them. We're now working with a tribe that hardly wears clothes. Uh, 99% have never heard the gospel. 
99% of a tribe of about 800,000 people have never heard the name Jesus. And we've started working with that tribe. But I've learned after 11 years being in Africa that in Africa, they pick up on things different than how you learn. See, Americans were very uh, academic. We're all about academia in this country. You know, you go to church early to go to Sunday. (laughs) See, it's all about learning. Everything that we do is about learning. If you're going to go into the ministry, we send you to seminary. We send you to Bible school because we want you to learn doctrine. We want you to learn the Bible. There's nothing wrong with that. But in Africa, I want you to see the contrast. They're illiterate. Now, you need to stop and think about what I'm telling you. So over here, America, we're very intelligent, very educated, and we we learn by school and books. But over here, if you have an illiterate group of people, several million, that can't read, how do they learn? And 95% of the people in Jesus' day were illiterate. Did you know that? That's why they had synagogues. A synagogue was a place they would have some of the parchments so that the people could gather because they were illiterate and the priest would read the scrolls because that was the only way they could get the word. That's why the Bible says faith comes by... Not by reading. How does faith come? Yes. (laughs) Because that's the only way they could learn. So the difference between America and how we are today is we're all academic, but they learn, and I've learned this in Africa, they learn by watching. They learn through experience. You know, it's it's like teaching a baby to walk. Do Do you sit the little baby down and educate him on take your right foot and make a step Use a little balance. They don't even know what those words are yet. No, they learn by seeing us walk and imitating us. So that's the difference between what's going... I mean, we're see, we saw 3,000 people saved last year. Way out in the bush. Transformation miracles. I mean, just uh, it's unbelievable. It really is. It's just it's a phenomenon. But why is that happening? Because this is the question I get a lot. Why are you seeing that in Africa and we don't see it here? Because we're all about learning about miracles. We want to read about miracles. We want to study the Greek word for miracles. We want to know the context of the miracle. We want to know all of the background of the miracle. But in Africa, they just want to see a miracle. Do you see the difference? Here's, what, here's the change that needs to happen. I, and I really hope you go home and think about this. Meditate on this. The church in America needs to shift, listen to this, from learning to living. We've got the learning down. Listen, some of, you, some of the kids here in the U.S., at 11 years old, know far more than most of the pastors that we have in the Maasai country. Really. 
11-year-old does. They've been in Sunday school. They know it. But are they living it? See, they can quote the scriptures, but are they living the scripture? We can give background and context, but are we really walking this thing out? And, and, and the problem that I see, and I've just learned this by going to Africa, is we, we don't know how to shift because we're an academic country. We don't know how to make the shift from taking it in to living it out. Does that make sense? I mean, because we're going to sit here today and you're going to learn more to your detriment. Really, to your detriment. I tell the Maasai they can handle this. I don't want to teach too much because once I teach it, you're responsible for it. So I don't want to see, because the Bible says to know to do right, to, to, to do right and not do it is what? So I don't want to tell you more to do. <laughs> I mean, you're in enough trouble as it is. I mean, you know enough. See, and that's what attracted me to Kenny. Kenny knew it but lived it. The kindness, the gentleness, the compassion, his lifestyle. See, I, and I don't mean this to be, I got tired of being around people that just had the academic understanding of the word. It's like, I want a role model. And that's what Jesus was. I mean, did Jesus know the word? What do you think? He was the word. <laughs> you know, we didn't need another priest. We didn't need another Levi. We needed a role model. So Jesus became the living word. What does America need today? You know, the problem, America looks at, your friends maybe look at you and go, tell me why I need to be a Christian. You're no different than anybody else. You have fear like everybody else. You worry like everybody else. You get angry like everybody else. You treat everybody like everybody else. And you tell me, I need what you've got? See, what we need is the living word. We should become the word became flesh. How are we doing? We know so much, but listen. And I was talking about this last night at the dinner table. When I was in biology class, I don't know how they do it now, but when I went to biology, we would sit in a classroom, which, by the way, is the poorest form of education. That's not a preacher statement. That's an educator statement. The poorest form of education is a classroom. Did you know that? That's why they try to, they say, the smaller the classroom, the better the education. <laughs> right? So how do we do most Christian education? Here we are. <laughs> we have a teacher. You're in the classroom, right? That's how we teach. But that's a very poor form. See, that's why Jesus did very little classroom teaching. See, he didn't say, come join my Bible school. See, Jesus' way of discipleship was this. Come follow me. Hang out. You're going to see me do things. See, I'm going to go to weddings. You're going to see how I act at weddings. When I go to funerals, you're going to see how I handle funerals. When I'm in a crowd that there's a big need, you're going to see how I handle the needy. See, just hang out with me, and you're going to see the word lived out. See, so he did some 
classroom education on the side of a mountain or in a boat, but his, his education to the ones that were going to carry on was done through the method of watch how I live. See, it's not just learning. We, we need to get this in our brain. We, we've got to start coming to learn to live. Let, let me, let me, I, I'm going to say this and I'll let Kenny straighten it out. <laughs> do, do you know why? <laughs> do you know why most people take notes? Why do you take notes? If a preacher's preaching and you write it down, why do you write it down? Huh? To remember it? That's right. Why else? Huh? To review it? Yeah. To study it? To research it, but we never write it down to live it. We don't write. See, let me explain it this way. I've been driving for, I don't know, 50 years. I don't get in the car every time and get the manual out. Turn key to the right. Okay. Put right foot on brake. Good. See, I don't need the notes. Do you know why I don't need the notes? Because I'm living it. See, we write stuff down thinking. Listen, I want you to get this. Thinking if I learn it, I've accomplished something. See, if I can grasp what Don Babin is saying to me today, then I've really accomplished something spiritually. No, you've accomplished nothing. Maybe you've gotten more intelligent, but spiritually speaking, you haven't lived it out. See, the purpose of the Word is not to get smart. The purpose of the Word is to know how to live. You know, listen, everybody in church knows about tithing, but most people don't. But they can teach on it. Everybody that knows about tithing knows what the word tithe means. But how many really ever get to 10%? You see, we, we know a lot, and to know to do good and not do it. See, God's not asking us for partial obedience. Partial obedience is total disobedience. But I would go to biology class, I'd sit in the classroom, and they would talk about the inside of a rat. They would say, this is what the guts of a rat look like. And I would look at my book and go, yes, and I'd read about the intestines of a rat. But then we would leave that classroom and go to another classroom called a lab. And it was in the lab that we would put into practice what we learned in the classroom. The church in America is missing the lab. But, you know, I, I don't know why. I, I, I don't understand how we've gotten to the mess that we've gotten into. I really don't. I mean, why we think in our brain that if I learn a new truth, then I've earned favor with God. If I learn something spiritual, then I've accomplished something spiritual. You, you can know it all and still go to hell. See, God's not looking for you 
to become theologically smart. The Pharisees had achieved that. And they killed Jesus. As a matter of fact, some of the meanest people in the world are those that are theologically smart but are practicing nothing. I'm very cautious around those people. They're mean about everything. So we've got to start, listen, you've got to shift in your brain and in your heart. Listen, you've got to shift. If you really want to do this, you're going to have to make a shift in your heart. Like, I'm not coming to church to learn something new from Kenny. I'm coming to church to learn how to live from Kenny. And what if you came to church and said, I'm not going to write it down. I'm just going to take what he says, and when I walk out the door, I'm going to do it. Wow. (laughs) I know this is like (laughs) mind-blowing. Can you imagine just living the Bible? And I know immediately in our brain we go, well, that's impossible. (laughs) And that's the lies that the devil tells you. You know, it's easier to live the Word than not live it. Did you know... When God, listen to this, when God shows you a spiritual truth, now listen to what I'm saying. When God shows you a spiritual truth, call it a revelation, whatever you want to call it, God's not calling you to something to punish you, to hurt you, to be mean to you. When God shows you a spiritual truth, He's basically inviting you to a new divine encounter with him. See, he's saying, look, I've showed you something. Now, in faith, walk that out. And you're going to come into this new divine encounter with me that's going to liberate you. See, salvation, before you got saved, you knew about salvation. You grew up in church, you knew what salvation was. But until you applied faith to it and took a step, then you got born again and entered into a divine encounter with God. You don't get the divine encounter knowing about salvation. You get the divine encounter when you apply the revelation. Does that make sense? When I got married to my wife, I didn't marry my wife because I wanted to know about marriage. I married my wife because I wanted to experience everything about marriage. But when we come to Christianity, it's like, ah, 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 I didn't know that. <laughs> Is this connecting with anybody? Are you all hearing what I'm saying? So how do we do this? Are you ready? How do we make that shift? Let me see. How am I doing on time? I'm good. This is a, a new thing. It measures how many steps you take. So now instead of me deciding that that's a 20-minute sermon, I I call it a two-mile sermon. (laughs) People in Kenya go, I've never seen anybody walk as much as you. So I want to be able to say, I'm giving you all a three-mile sermon today. (laughs) So I'm going to kind kind of move if you're interested in doing this thing. Really, if you're not, you ought to just go home now. You're ahead of the game. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm going to learn more. It's like, I don't want to teach you more. I'm making you sin. <laughs> I'm going to teach you more stuff that you're not going to do. That would be so mean of me. So, But if you do want to make a shift and do what the Word is intended to do, which is to live it out, 
Here's, here's what we need. Are you ready? This works. We have to move into the supernatural. We have to move into the supernatural. Here's the problem. Most of what we do in Christianity in the United States, we try to do in the natural. So you hear a truth, tithe. And your mind gets engaged. And you get a calculator. And then you begin to do the math. (laughs) And then you begin to talk to other people. And then you begin to reason together and go, well, Bill Gates doesn't tithe, and he's one of the richest people in the world. But he does give a lot, by the way. (laughs) Maybe not to the church. So, you see, see what happens is, instead of accepting it as a truth, and you having to understand it, which you probably won't anyway, There's a lot of stuff I believe I don't understand. Do you? I believe in the virgin birth. Now, after church today, you can explain that to me. I believe in the Trinity. Anybody want to explain the Trinity to me? See, it's not about understanding. It's about supernaturally accepting things by faith. So we have to move into the supernatural because many Christians today, listen, and I'm talking to some of you today, you're very frustrated with Christianity, especially if you've been at it for a long time. Young people get frustrated very quick because they they say it doesn't work. Mom and dad have been going to church for a long time. I don't see it working in their life. So it doesn't work. And people get very frustrated with Christianity. Here's why. Because you're trying to do what is impossible to do in the natural. It is impossible. Listen to me. It is impossible. Listen to me. I'm telling you, it is impossible to apply the truth of the Word of God and live it out in the natural. It cannot, it cannot, it cannot be done. You cannot get born again in the natural. And nothing else after that can be done in the natural. But the church in America, we try to live the Christian life in the flesh or the natural. It's the same. You can't do it. They're opposite of each other. It's light and dark. It's good and evil. It's supernatural and natural. And the Bible says in Corinthians that the natural mind cannot understand spiritual things because they're spiritually discerned. And so we're taking spiritual truth and trying to figure it out with a natural mind which cannot be done. It can only be accepted by faith. How are we doing? Everybody okay? We don't need to call a paramedic. <laughs> Listen to You can't do this in the flesh. Give it up. You're just going to get frustrated and quit Christianity. It's a supernatural walk. Uh, yeah, I like the last two years, maybe, every time I call Kenny, I say, Kenny, how are you doing? And what does he say when you call him? What's his word? Super. 
Have you all heard that? Every time I, Kenny, how you doing? Super, brother. <laughs> Super. And I got to think, what's he saying? I'm way above normal. See, supernatural is far above the natural. See, it's not just above the natural. What is it? It's supernatural. See, natural is way down there. But supernatural is way up there. And the only way to live the Christian life is supernaturally. There's no other way to do this. It's a supernatural lifestyle. You know, we have all kinds of super things. You know, we have superman, (laughs) super glue. And I'd advise you to leave it alone. I've opened it before and got it on my fingers and and I thought I was going to live the rest of my life. <laughs> you know, I tried gasoline, and I've tried. It's like so. You know, I'm going to preach like this the rest of my. Life. <laughs> you know, it's super glue. What does that mean? It's a glue that is far above other glues. Super highway is a highway far above other highways. Now, superheroes. What is a superhero? It's far above your normal hero. And you know what we need in the church today? Superheroes. People we can look to. See, all of these superheroes, what made them superheroes? They had like supernatural powers. Spider-Man had webs that could come out of his hand. Superman could fly and had incredible strength. They were superheroes. That's what we need to become in the church. We have supernatural power. It's power way above natural powers. Are we together? So we have to come to this place of living the supernatural lifestyle. And, and, you know, I want to drive my point home, but I do want to make a point. You're not going to do it any other way. You can spend the next 10 years of your life frustrated or you can by faith accept it as a truth and believe that God is going to supernaturally empower you. He's not going to supernaturally empower you to learn the truth. He's going to supernaturally empower you to live the truth. We have to shift from learning to living, from learning to living, from learning to living, from the classroom to the lab. See, freedom comes not from knowing the truth. And I know the word says you shall know the truth. But that word know is to experience. You shall know the truth. You shall experience the truth and that truth will set you free. But we think knowing the truth will set you free. I want to say this, Kenny, and you think about it. Knowing the truth can put you into bondage. I think it's a very dangerous thing. I really mean this. It's a very dangerous thing to learn the truth with the intentions of not practicing it. I think you put yourself on very dangerous territory when you become academic with the Word and not after the experience of the Word. 
It's better to not know it than to know it and not live it. Do you hear what I'm saying? So we have to, if we're going to live it and not just learn it, we're going to have to move into the supernatural. Now let me tell you, everything about Christianity is supernatural. From getting saved, see you had a physical birth, that's called natural. But when you were reborn, that's called supernatural. Because it's way above a natural birth, right? So way above, everything in your life changes, 2 Corinthians 5.17. All things become new, because it's so supernatural. But don't stop there. You keep moving and living in that. See, after you get saved, now, so I've been thinking about this. I get up in the mornings, I spend time with Jesus, and, and, and Jesus has been putting on my heart, I, I want you to love people. And that's a big thing to God. Yep, amen. It's a really big thing to God, to love people. Now, I've been studying the Word for about 43 years, and I can tell you the Greek words for love, and I can conjugate it in the Greek, and I can tell you the noun form, the verb form, the adverb form of the Greek of love, and I know all about love. But when God said, now, I want you to love people, it's like, oh, huh. And I don't want you to just love them. I want you to love them like I loved them. Oh. How many of y'all know this is all in the And I'm going, you want me to do what? I want you to love people just like I love them. And so, you know, when I get up in the morning, God and I, we just really talk a lot of things out. And I said, God, that's impossible. He said, yeah, I know. Absolutely, it is impossible. You can't do it. The only way you can do it is in me. You'll never be able to love people any other way. So I have a choice. I can be condemned and be guilty and let the devil accuse me because I know what I'm supposed to do but don't practice it. Or I can choose to live it out through Christ and be set free. See, that's the choices I have. Bondage or freedom. You shall know the truth, experience the truth, and that truth will set you free. So it's, a, it's up to us. But after you get saved, loving people is supernatural. Listen, you try to do it in the flesh. <laughs> Have you ever tried to love somebody in the flesh? Somebody that you didn't like? How many of y'all have ever, have you ever, like, I know I'm supposed to love them, God. So you go to church and they sit on this side. You sit on the other side. I love them from a distance. <laughs> I don't have to sit with them, but I'm going to love them. See, I'm even going to tell them I love them. <laughs> So on the way out, I love you. And the whole time that you said that, you're walking away going, no, I don't. I hope they have a car wreck. I mean, you really, and so you're trying to love them and you've been praying for a year for a new car. And lo and behold, they get the new car. And it's like, oh my God, God, I've been praying for that car. Now they're driving around in my car. God is saying, do you love them? No. See, that's trying to do it in the natural. See, don't even try to figure it out. Just walk it out in faith. Listen, you may not feel love. Love is not necessarily a feeling. Love is an act of faith. The feeling may follow. It may not. (laughs) But it's an act of faith. An act of faith of what? Of living out the things that I've learned. Loving people is supernatural. Being kind is supernatural. 
How many of y'all know Kenny's very kind? So now let me tell you this. So it starts off awkward, doesn't it? When I first got saved, I felt awkward. I mean, I was a drug addict. Next thing, I'm around a bunch of Christians. Listen, I went, I went into, a, I went through culture shock. I did. They were using language I've never heard. They dressed like I didn't dress. I mean, it was like, I was like, I don't belong with these people. But after I was with them for a while, it felt very good. But at first, it felt very awkward. And when you walk in the truth like being kind, at first you might feel awkward. But if you'll walk in it, like Kenny for years, it's very natural for Kenny. It's supernatural. Let me, let me explain this. When I get up in the morning, now listen to this. You need to get this. When I get up in the morning, every morning, this is what I pray. God, I pray the supernatural into my natural so that my natural becomes supernatural. I'm going to say that again. I want you to think. God, I'm praying the supernatural into my natural life so that my natural life becomes a supernatural life. And what's happened to Kenny is Kenny's kindness, maybe when he first got saved, was awkward. But he's lived in it so long that the nat, the, his natural has become supernatural. So Kenny doesn't know anything different than being kind. So you, when people say, Kenny is kind, yes, he is. But that's the supernatural part of Kenny. I, how many of y'all know Kenny could be mean? I mean, he'd have to try real hard, but he could be mean. See, the supernatural has become natural for Kenny. How many of y'all want the supernatural to become natural for you? You've got to pray the supernatural into your natural world so that your natural world becomes supernatural. See, then love becomes supernatural. It becomes a part of who you are. Kindness becomes a part of who you are. Obedience becomes a part of who you are. Maybe not what you like. Listen, I don't like everything God tells me to do. I don't have to. No, you don't have to. Listen, God didn't say you have to like everything I command you to do. Listen, you don't have to like tithing. You don't have to like it. You just need to do it. Why? Because God needs your money? (laughs) I mean, God's not in heaven going, oh my God, I hope Don tithes. Our kingdom will be in so much trouble if he doesn't. We're going to come short. I mean, really, how many of y'all think God needs your money? Really? Do you think God is in heaven going, ah, it's going to be a shortfall this month? (laughs) See, the reason why God put that in there is for your benefit. See, he wants you to move into financial freedom. And that's part of financial freedom is to allow something that feels awkward in your natural to move into your life and become supernatural And now your natural becomes supernatural and God begins to open all kinds of doors for you. The whole Christian life is this way. You can just come up with whatever you want. Now, here's what we need in America. We need preachers that live in the supernatural. Sunday school teachers that live in the supernatural. Christians that live in the supernatural. You know, I like the fact that Paul said, well, you know, it doesn't matter if I like it or not. I mean, Paul said it. So, But Paul said, when I come to you, to the Corinthian church, he said, I come to you in fear and trembling, not speaking to you with words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. See, we have the words of wisdom, but we have, listen to me, you need to get, we have proclamation. 
but very little demonstration. Now, let me tell you how far my ministry would go in Africa without manifestation and demonstration. It wouldn't go far at all. We would not have the favor we have with these tribes if they didn't see something in us. They wouldn't even listen to us. They wouldn't trust us, first of all. But they trust us because they see the supernatural in us. They see signs. They see wonders. They see kindness. They see love. They see those things in us, and that's what opens them up to the truth. But if we're just going to go and get academic stuff and learn the Greek and the Hebrew and doctrine, doctrine without living it out is dangerous. You need to hear that. It's dangerous what you're doing to yourself. It was never intended to be academic. It was intended to be lived out. It's a supernatural life. I, I, I love this story so much. I might have to go, I think. Kenny, you let me know. But here's a story of the supernatural. I love this. The supernatural and the natural conflicting with each other. Uh, the disciples in Jesus had a very bad day. You know, they had lots of bad days. Did you know that? I know we think if I get saved, everything would be smooth. <laughs> Read the life of Paul. It was smooth before he got saved. <laughs> but so they're hanging out with Jesus and they're going to the other side of the lake and they almost drown. That's the beginning of their day. <laughs> they almost drown. They get to where they're going and they're met by a naked man with chains hanging off his arms and his legs, dirty, nasty, unshaved, demonized man. So they almost die going on the mission trip. They get to the mission trip to be greeted by this wild man, this demon, demonized man. I love the story because it says, when he saw Jesus, he fell down at his feet and worshipped him. I thought, my first thought was, you know what? If a demon can't stop you from worshiping, I would like to know what can. <laughs> I mean, really. The guy just goes ahead and worships. Even though, I mean, he's pretty demonized. You agree? Have you all read this story? It's... So, uh, so Jesus uh, wants to set this guy free. And you know, the Bible says that where do demons go when they're cast out? And it says to very dry places. Have you all read that? that? Demons like dry places. So Jesus cast the demons into the pigs and they go swimming. <laughs> I just think that's cute. <laughs> so the demons drowned. <laughs> and they like dry places because people have said, why would Jesus cast them into the pigs? That's what they wanted. Because he knew he was going to let them drown. <laughs> And when you cast them into pigs, you know what you have? Devil Pam. No. <laughs> so, so Jesus cast the demons out of this guy. Now he's in his right mind, okay? Now imagine the disciples are watching this, okay? See, that's how they learned. They go, oh, oh, that's how you do this. <laughs> so uh, now he's in his right mind, and he has clothes on. And now the town's afraid of him. Am I right? See, before, think of it. Here's a naked man chasing your children and eating the dogs and the cats. This is a crazy man. And they're not afraid of him. <laughs> well, we've tried to chain him up. Didn't do any good. So he just runs around naked, eating dogs, eating cats, chasing our kids. That's okay. See, they had a new normal. 
Jesus shows up, casts the demons out of him, and now they're going, oh, we're afraid of this guy. Have you all read this? The town was afraid of him when he's in his right mind. I'm thinking, you should have been afraid of him before. Now that he's met Jesus, now you're afraid of him. This isn't, this isn't, this is a bad normal. You hear what I'm saying? And you know what we need today in the church? We need a new normal. See, we've accepted subnormal as normal. We've accepted not living the truth as okay. But the new normal needs to be those that are walking it out. That's the new normal of Christianity. See, we're looking for kinnies that live it, that are kind, that love people. We're looking for people that live it out. That should become the new normal. Not intellectual knowledge of the word, but who's living the word out. And so then the demonized guy that gets set free says to Jesus, I want to go with you. Jesus says, no, you can't go. Go back to your town that hates you now. Listen, <laughs> this in there. No, no, go back to the city. And he said, like, but they don't like, they're afraid of me now. I need a few demons so that they'll like me. <laughs> Have y'all ever read this story? I've had people come up to me and they'll say, I want you to lay your hands on me. Do you suppose I could have a demon? I say, I don't know. Do you want one? (laughs) You know what happened to the person that didn't make their payment to the demonized person? They were repossessed. (laughs) So this guy has to go back to town. Do you know what the Bible says? Most people don't catch it. The next time Jesus went to the gathering, to that area, most of the town showed up to hear the truth. From one person. From one person that had experience versus knowledge. Because in that area were people that understood the word. But here was a man that lived the word. And most of the community came to hear the truth because of that one man. Now see, that, that wouldn't happen today. It really, I mean, I mean, if we knew this guy that had, you know, so many demons, legions of demons and got changed and talk to Jesus personally, and Jesus sent him back to town. It would take him three years before he could be a deacon. But here's a man that had a fresh encounter with God, totally transformed, full of the glory of God. I'm a little worried about you. You were the demonized guy. (laughs) You see the supernatural? And we need to come to a new supernatural norm. Listen, I'm not saying take everything that you know, go for it. Take a truth and start applying that one truth. Really. I've been applying this truth. And uh, it's in Psalms 34.1. And David said, I'll, I'll bless the Lord. And at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will do what? And how often will you his praise continually be in continually. See, the Bible says, and everything give thanks. Now, do you suppose he meant that? No, no, really. I know it means give thanks when you get a raise. Amen? Give thanks when you get a new car. Give thanks, you know, uh, when you get a new job. But what about give thanks when you lose the job? What about give thanks when you get fired? What about give thanks when you don't have the money? See, he said, in everything give thanks. So, I've been taking that And let me tell you, when you take a truth and you commit to God, you're going to live it out by faith. 
The only way you can live it out by faith is for stuff to happen. See, so as soon as I say, okay, God, I'm going to live this out by faith, a whole bunch of good things didn't happen to test me. See, it was like, oh, oh, are you serious? Oh, yes, God. Oh, okay. Well, let me cause this to happen. Oh, I give you thanks. Now, I don't feel like it. Listen, if I lived my Christian life by feeling, I would be in prison. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? This isn't a feeling thing. There's a lot of times God asks me to do things I don't feel like. It's not, God didn't ask me things to make me feel good. God asked me to do things to test my obedience, to test if I'm willing to move into the supernatural realm, to have a new normal all of a sudden. And, and as you walk into those things, freedom begins to happen. And as you begin to give thanks to God, you begin to see his perspective, that it's, it's bigger than you, and it's not about you, but maybe for your neighbor or a friend at the church, and you're going through that so that someone else can be blessed. Are you willing to be a spiritual martyr? so that God can use you in someone else's life. And then as you do that, then God begins to bless you supernaturally in that area of your life where you applied that truth. How are we doing? Is that okay? Just some thoughts that I've had. Anybody got a question? If you do, we'll let Kenny answer. <laughs> Anybody got any questions? How many of y'all, you're able to connect a little bit with that? Let me see. Does, does that, are you really, does it, I hope there's a shift in your life today. Really. I hope that there's a huge shift in your life from learning to living. Can you?